Hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. In today's episode, I interview Kim Garst. Kim is very sweet and very smart. She's a speaker at Social Media Marketing World several years in a row. You can find her speaking throughout different conferences and also on different webinars. I love Kim because she is always giving very actionable advice for brands of any size to use, whether you're trying to figure out how to do live streaming or what social media platforms are working today and what maybe social media platforms are out. Enjoy this episode with Kim. Hi, everybody. So we are, we have a very special guest today. We're going to be focusing on Facebook and I've invited Kim Gars to be our guest. And Kim is a guru in social media and I have been following her for years and we just realized that we knew each other in a a past um, company. But um, so Kim is the author of Will the Real You Please Stand Up? And she is also the owner of Social Boom. And I'm going to let Kim take it away and Kim, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the space of social media. Sure. Uh, I am so excited to be here, one. So thank you, Lisa, for inviting me. Um, I'm always about, um, you know, empowering and encouraging young entrepreneurs in particular. So this is exciting to have that opportunity to have that touch point. Um, But I, you know, frequently tell people that I was doing social media before it was called social media because I've owned an online business for over 20 years, dating myself a little bit. But way back in the day, um, all these youngsters won't understand what I'm getting ready to say, perhaps. Maybe they will. But but I uh, used to uh, connect with people on B2B boards and AOL business chat rooms. You know, I'd go into specifically the AOL business chat rooms and try to find what I considered my ideal customer, and I'd reach out to them. Of course, it was harder. It wasn't social media, technically, uh, you know, like we know it today, but um, it was still a connection point and a way to reach out and, you know, form relationships with people that you didn't previously know, you know. It was, it was a way to do business with people that you would never, in the ordinary course of life, meet, you know. So, um, <clears throat> but as it relates to, you know, Uh, actually taking my business in the social media direction, I was marketing a business, the business that we were previously uh, associated with, and uh, I kept getting a lot of the same questions that I had gotten from previous businesses, and that was more about, you know, my knowledge. How are you marketing? You know, how are you doing what you're doing? And I quickly realized that my knowledge was actually more valuable than the services that I had been offering. So that's when I said, okay, I really need to dig in, learn all I can about social media and the marketing of it specifically, um, you know, leveraging it to market so that I can, you know, share this knowledge with other um, entrepreneurs, small business owners, et cetera. So that was kind of the the pivot for me was um, the knowledge piece and knowing that people needed to know what I knew or, you know, what what else could I learn and, and implement so that I could be that um, way of shortening the learning curve for others. And that's definitely something you do very well, Kim, is, you know, Thanks to you, we can turn to you to shorten our learning curve. And speaking of learning curve, we're going to really focus on Facebook. And the the audience here today hasn't had 
I don't know if you want to call it a luxury, the privilege, the, but the, the history of, you know, you and I were around when Facebook popped into the scene and we've been around since day one. So when you've been around since day one, you've learned as Facebook has changed. But now today our audience is now jumping into Facebook for business for the first time. So Facebook is complicated. So what would you say to the future social media managers about what, what do they need to know about Facebook for business today? Well, um, you know, I know a lot of young people aren't, or they think they're not using uh, Facebook themselves. You know, they're more active perhaps on Instagram or Snapchat. But um, the reality is that if you want to leverage it for your customers or your, um, your prospective clients, the, the reality is that there's not really a business out there that can't be uh, benefited from Facebook because Facebook has such a massive marketplace. And I think it's just started to scratch the surface, frankly. Um, I'm seeing them innovate in some very clever ways. Specifically, um, <clears throat> Facebook Live, you know, is a biggie. You know, they're entering that live video element, which I personally think is probably more of the future of social media than what we currently are experiencing in the social space. And the, what I think from a, just from a pure business standpoint, uh, Facebook ads are amazing. They're like an ATM machine for your, your client base if you know what you're doing. Um, and what I find really intriguing is the, um, the journey that's just beginning as it relates to Messenger and how they're really starting to build out the Messenger platform for business. Um, you know, here in the U.S., a lot of us are not familiar outside of just communicating through Messenger services. You know, we, you know, we send photos or we, you know, we have private chats, et cetera, through Messenger, but... The reality is in a lot of other countries, they are using messenger apps and or specifically Facebook messenger apps for business. You know, they're booking their hair appointments. They're, um, you know, reserving their fish down at the fish market, you know, little, well, I say little things, but things like that, that we really don't have a frame of reference for yet here in the U.S., but it's coming. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how we can not only, you know, help our clients engage and, and connect with their customers through Messenger, but ultimately how they can click and buy within the Messenger app. So I'm really excited about that. So um, those are some things that are trending. So I'm just going to kind of rattle off a couple keywords here that are very relevant to Facebook. So algorithms. Facebook is famous for its algorithms. What can you tell us about that? <laughs> um, well, we hate them, right? We hate those algorithms because, you know, they mess with how our content is being, um, is being shown or not shown. And the thing about the algorithm is it's constantly fluctuating and there's like literally a hundred thousand ways that Facebook determines how our content is displayed or not displayed or who sees it more specifically. And, um, and there's no way to game it. I mean, honestly, outside of live video and or video right now, video in particular is something that you can leverage to, uh, to get more exposure for your content. But um, it's, it's just one of those things, if you think about it, they have 1.7 billion billion users and uh, over a million, I'm sorry, uh, um, uh, right at a billion of them are active each and every day. That's a lot of of people consuming content and it's a lot of people creating content. So 
it only makes sense that they had to do something in order to, you know, surface the best content. And to their credit, they are very committed to giving us the best user experience based on what they decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely gotten harder, but I mean, I'm still happy with the content I see in Facebook. Yeah, and I think the, the thing that we have to be uh, cognizant of is that they're really trying to give us the best user experience, and it is based on how we consume content. So, you know, if we pay more attention to, you know, three of our friends, for example, and their content or, you know, certain types of content, they'll try to surface more of that content for us. So it's, you know, it's just one of the things that we have to work around. And from a business standpoint, specifically fan pages, it can be really difficult to, you know, get our, our uh, content into the news feeds of our fans because the reality is that over 90% of people who like a fan page never revisit that fan page. And that's pretty stunning. So the only way they see the content from that particular fan page is if it shows up in the feeds of their fans. And that's where the the conundrum becomes a problem for a lot of business owners. That's it. It is still possible um, to get in front of a, a fan base organically or free um, with great content and with some good some good strategies. Um, and you know, outside of that, you know, you can uh, spend a little bit of the ads budget that your client has, and you know, try to get as many of the fans that you as they have in order to get that content into the into the into their news feeds. So, is it still possible to get in front of get into the news feed without having to pay to play? And can you give us some examples of of what type of content would work best for that? Yes, actually, I am blessed. I have, uh, it's kind of like my, um, my project. I'm constantly um, working on, on my own content on my fan page to see what does work. I have the average um, uh, engagement for most fan pages is less than, less than 2% now. So it's crazy. And my, um, my engagement rates are 800 times the average. Wow. So, and, and I do most all of it for zero ad spend, uh, zero. So some of the things that I have done is focus on things that will um, uh, connect me to people from a human to human um, level, on a human to human level, because the reality is that if someone's just encountered me in the social space, they're not interested in how I can help them with their social media or, you know, digital marketing or, you know, in other words, most people are not interested. They're not on Facebook to buy someone's product or service right out the gate, at least. So you have to connect with people on a human level, a relatability level. Um, it's just like going to a social event. Um, you don't rush up to someone and say, oh, hey, I've got a, a sale on my website, 20% off. Hey, go, go buy now. You don't do that um, in, in uh, real life. So why do people think that it's okay to do it on social? It's social media is life. And if you treat it like that and you treat it like it's a connection point and that there are other people on the, on the other side of those computer screens that you're trying to engage with and or serve, um, then the content that you uh, share should be content that isn't always about buy from me or, hey, go look at this blog post or, you know, those types of things. So I have built my fan base 
around um, content that's just human, relatable, and I weave in the marketing message. I don't do it in the reverse. In other words, you know, share all marketing stuff and then weave in occasionally something that re is relatable or not at all, which is what happens to a lot of businesses. So we're going to use your, your Facebook fan page as the model page for this week. We'll okay. be looking at it. So Kim, can you tell us if you're a small business or a personal brand, how you can best use Facebook to, to market your business? Absolutely. Uh, and I'm kind of a hybrid because essentially I'm both. Um, you know, I have a personal brand and, uh, and then we have Boom Social as well. So it's, uh, it's been difficult sometimes to, make, to have that defining line on where, you know, what's the message because I'm, I'm kind of both. Um, but I can speak to both because I am both, I'm, I'm both essentially. So I, I think the key again comes from a very, um, core place in that service. You know, how do you show up each and every day with a servant based heart? Um, and, and, and knowing that you, your goal for the day is to make a difference in some way for your ideal customer, you know, whether that's a giggle or whether that is a, uh, a nugget, a tip, a business tip, or uh, you know, maybe it's a product or service that ultimately they end up buying. But it, at the root of it, it's not about us at all as business owners, it's all about them and they know it. You know, there's, you know, there's, there's that uh, real estate analogy where it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market, you know, and it's definitely a buyer's market today. There's so many choices and, you know, showing up authentic, authentically um, with a, you know, I, I'm here to serve is the difference maker, in my opinion, for small business owners. And then, you know, taking care of the customers that you get um, instead of worrying about the next one, you know, uh, you're, you know, really love up your customer base and they'll bring you more, more customers. So true. So true. So, um, we'll go check out your page for sure. Kim, you are super inspirational. You're a very inspirational person. Where do you gain your inspiration from? Where do you, where do you get it from? What do you turn to? Well, I um, have a multitude of places and I am really big on not recreating the will. You know, in other words, what kind of content um, is already resonating out there? So I'll use um, tools like BuzzSumo or, um, or PostPlanner.com, for example, to find content that, um, that people are already resonating with. And then I will try to uh, recreate it in my own words. Like if it's an inspirational quote, for example, uh, how would I say that message? You know, how would I take that message and, and word it in my, my tone, my voice? Uh, so I do a lot of that um, because I do create a lot of original content myself instead of sharing other people's content. Although there's nothing wrong with sharing other people's content. Um, it's just that um, I'm, okay, I'm a bit of a visual content snob. <laughs> I want things to look good and sometimes the things you find that really resonate don't always look good you know so I try to make them look good and and have my tone my voice um, versus uh, you know just sharing something that doesn't look as good as I would want it to you're kind of a Facebook lab you know we want to come and look inside your lab of what's happening in there what are some resources that you turn to for face for tools and managing Facebook or um, just measuring 
or just resources in general? Where do you get all your knowledge from? Well, the interesting thing um, about Facebook is Facebook gives us a lot of like core insights, you know, and they're better than they used to be. They're not awesome, but they do at least give the average business owner enough information to know what's working and what's not, you know. They've gotten better. They've gotten a lot better than they used to be. And, um, you know, as far as management, I mean, honestly, I do a lot of management just for my own fan page um, and or I, I love Agora Pulse. I don't know if you're familiar with Agora Pulse, but I find that their, their platform, both their mobile app and um, their web-based platform for Facebook in particular is amazing. Um, I'm, you know, I, I still like uh, Sprout Social for Twitter, but, um, or Hootsuite even is another great tool. But I really do love um, Agora Pulse for Facebook in particular. Um, so that's a great little tool. Um, as far as um, other things that I use daily, probably outside of the, the, the page itself or the app itself, I use the app a lot, you know, just to connect and, you know, respond to, to people uh, on the go. Um, I probably would say that Post Planner comes a close second because I'm always looking for, again, content ideas. You know, how can I find content uh, that's really mm -hmm. great? BuzzSumo is another um, option that I, um, I leverage a lot as well. So BuzzSumo is really interesting because they have what they call a Facebook analyzer. So you can type in uh, a hashtag or a keyword or a key phrase or even, you know, look at individual uh, fan pages and it will pull up the most viral content on that page or it'll pull up the most viral content based on a keyword or a key phrase. So it's pretty amazing. It's just like, you know, if you're using it to find blog post ideas, except it, it takes it another direction with the Facebook uh, pages themselves. Okay, we'll have to definitely check that out. So Kim, if you were hiring a social media manager, what would you look for as far as requirements? Um, somebody who is social, for sure. I mean, that is probably the first requirement. And, and I would take it one step further and say, not, not just someone who's social, but can translate that to the written word. Because I found some people are social, but when they engage with people, they can't translate that emotion to, into their words and um, hopefully that's making mm -hmm. sense but it's uh, it's sometimes it's a disconnect um, I even had one uh, person uh, that was you know had a master's degree in um, in social media and really struggled with communicating you know through the written word and you really have to be able to not only communicate well through text um, but or the written word, but you also have to be able to convey emotion. And, um, and I think that's a big piece of it. Sometimes that can be a disconnect. So that's probably the first biggie uh, for me when I'm looking for a manager or a community manager or a social media manager. Um, and then I'm also looking for someone who's creative and thinks outside of the box. Um, because I think social media is constantly evolving and it is um, not just the strategies that, you know, of today, it's what's next, what's new, what's fresh, what is a new idea that, you know, you can creatively come up with and implement. Uh, and, and I think that creativity uh, is, is definitely something that, that is a must. You can't just stay stuck 
in, oh, this is working now because trust me, it won't work tomorrow. <laughs> Only constant in social media is change. Exactly, exactly. So my last question is for the future social media managers that are in our audience and even the ones that aren't going to be social media managers, but that we're using social for their personal brand, what advice would you give them going out into the career world? Well, and both of those are in kind of different. So if you're, if you're going to use social media for, for you and your business and your personal brand, um, be authentic, be real. Don't try to pretend to be Joe down on the corner or, you know, Sue, who's got this great website or is this, you know, a superstar. You just have to be you. Um, and, and I think that's critically important. And I think that's also critically important to success if you're managing other social media accounts, which is where the difficulty runs in. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to be the voice of a brand, especially when they won't participate. So um, it's a fine balance. And Lisa and I was talking about that earlier. I, she, she asked me this question and I'm like, so I guess it wouldn't be a good idea to tell them not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying don't become a social media manager. I'm just saying it does come with some challenges. And therefore, because of the authenticity piece, it can be a real uh, booger for us because of that factor. You know, when uh, you don't get buy-in all the way from someone who's hired you, um, it, it can be a little bit of a challenge. But that said, let's put that to the side and, and assume that all is going well and what can you do. And I, I think one other thing that I would really like to bring to your attention that I don't think a lot of people think about, um, if you're going to be managing social media for someone else, the very first thing you have to see to is your own business. You know, you have to demonstrate in your social media um, presences that you know what you're doing, you know, because otherwise it's very difficult to say, oh, well, yeah, you should hire me when you're not demonstrating what you would, you're telling them to do, you know. So uh, walk your own, own talk is a big piece of my advice and as you grow you are going to be and I'm going to tell you this you're going to be tempted to not see your own household and I'm just saying don't do that because uh, the very first thing you should do every morning before you get started is see to your own your own business your own social platforms uh, make sure you're engaging doing your growth doing whatever it is you would normally do um, before you take care of client work because you, you can't just focus on the one client you have or the five clients you have because you've got to be on the lookout for uh, and presenting your business in a way that will attract new clients to you. So a lot of times um, I see social media um, experts <clears throat> who don't do that. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, Kim, um, you have a lot of things going on with your business and um, for, for the audience that might want to expand on their knowledge, I know you have some workshops going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So if anybody wanted to take it to the next level, what they could do with you? Sure, absolutely. Well, one of the things um, that I do that's very cost effective for literally everyone, and one of the reasons that I designed it like this is kind of like an open source to a lot of my training. And it's uh, what I call my inner circle. It's, um, it's available. It's $47 a month. You can try it out for a, a dollar, literally. 
So that's an opportunity, but my blog has a ton of free content. Um, and you can check that out at kimgars.com forward slash blog. I publish a couple of times a week normally. Uh, so there's constantly new stuff, um, you know, out and about. Um, I'm also um, pretty active um, in, in the live space and that will be increasing uh, going forward. So that's an opportunity as well uh, to learn for free and not, you know, really invest a lot of, uh, of dollars other than your time. I know as a student, you don't have a lot of extra dollars laying around and, you know, learning who to pay attention to and um, learn from can be difficult, but these are opportunities, like I say, to tap into my knowledge. I love sharing. Um, feel free to tweet me. I'm, I'm always available. Okay, great. So and when you when you say the live space, would that be Facebook Live? We can watch for you on Facebook Live? I'm actually starting a, a Facebook Live show. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling okay. you first time. This is the first time I've gone public with this, but the first show will be uh, September the 7th. And um, I'm, of course, uh, going to get back into Periscope and, uh, you know, I think Facebook Live for me is probably going to be a steady, consistent thing. And then, you know, I'll just occasionally um, do other live videos as well based on, you know, what's happening and that kind of thing. But having a consistent show is definitely one of my goals. Okay, awesome. So we will watch for you on Facebook Live, your new show. You heard it here first. By the time this airs, it might be after. I'm not sure. But watch for Kim on Facebook Live. Watch, follow her on Twitter. Her blog is awesome. You're going to have a signed reading from her blog anyway, and you'll get a taste of it. But thank you so much, Kim, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'm so glad I got a chance to, uh, to um, offer up some of what I know. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you. And everybody, we'll see you next week. We'll be talking about Twitter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.